Welcome to season two of Two Feet in the Podcast, where inspiring women are focused on empowering other women. Two Feet in the Podcast will explore ideas to produce you into action. This is the place to break down ideas, get a strong dose of motivation, and learn to live two feet in. Today is the day to get up and get moving on your dreams with me. I am the coach, Heather Macy, and I'm excited to teach you how to live two feet in. Joining Two Feet In the podcast today is Coach Brianna Finch, an inspiring woman focused on empowering other women. Currently, she's the Director of Player Development at Davidson. She has two decades of experience at the college and professional levels. She's a keynote speaker. She's the co-author of the book, Championship Basketball Plays, and has been published in Basketball Sense magazine. What's up, Coach Finch? <laughs> Hello, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> well, we're we're thrilled that you're on the podcast. I've been wanting to to have you on. You have such a unique perspective from the international game as well as the college game. Tell us what's new in your world. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you again for everything and having me on. I'm excited to be here and I, you know, what's new? I'm I've actually trying to use this kind of off season. It's kind of our low key time before we start camps and July recruiting. And I'm really taking the time to do a little bit more journaling, a little bit more self-reflection than I think I've done in the past. Um, also trying to do that this season. Um, first season, I've really journaled a lot more. Um, I don't know if it was just because of the craziness of COVID that kind of, you know, changed everybody's perspective on, you know, how important is basketball right now, like in the big scheme of things. But I, you know, that's kind of what I've been really diving into and in that, you know, in that way is just really like, how can I be better, um, you know, going through my notes, kind of thinking about the ups and downs of the season and how I was feeling. So that's been big for me. Um, yeah, I have a, have a couple of small side projects that I'd like to dive into, but haven't quite haven't quite had the chance yet to. I feel like we've been out of season, but it's only, you know, for a long time, but it's really only been like two weeks. <laughs> okay, I need to ask, because journaling is, you know, one of the major things as I talk about how to be an elite performer, it's about journaling. Right. Well, what's the technique to journal and be consistent in your journaling? That's a great question. I, cause that's actually, you know, like I said, this is really, I've always, you know, I agree. Like I've listened to many, you know, prominent speakers talk about journaling and how important and how great. And, and I, you know, encourage our players to do it. And then I'm like, I have not been able to get into this habit and I need to do it. And so this year that's kind of, you know, again, what I tried to focus on and, I've always written like notes and thoughts after practice, before practice, like on my practice plan, you know, but then, you know, I keep them all, but I'd never really have a comprehensive, you know, formulation of thoughts. Right. So I, you know, I have two different notebooks um, and I would use one. I would have, I would just put all my thoughts pre-practice, post-practice in there um, specifically related to basketball, same thing, pre-game, post-game. Um, and then I had another uh, journal that I would keep at home that was just kind of more next to my bed and just anything kind of, you know, when I'm laying in bed or first thing in the morning, like just trying to have it readily accessible so that I could try, try to, you know, anything that came to mind and just would get it off my you know chest right away. And it's been amazing. I will tell you. I'm much better in the basketball journaling than I am the personal. That's still very much a work in progress, but I feel very good about 
getting into the habit with the journaling for, you know, basketball related and coaching related thoughts. All right. So let's dive into this a little bit more. Absolutely. Coaches are so focused on the outcome, the performance, preparation. And a lot of times, me too included in what you're saying, is the reflecting back. I think we're afraid to do because it may set us back and not help us be as good as we can be. When truth be told, it's the way I learned to become a head coach. So as it, and I work with younger coaches, the first thing I say is you fold up your practice plan. I mean, I'm doing it here with you. I've got, I'm ready. And so you fold your practice plan and because you don't think you'll forget to ask coach at the end of practice, right. I would jot everything down right beside that drill. Like why in this drill do we have them start at the hash mark or why don't we use four balls versus six balls? And so one of the techniques, obviously that, and then I would ask my head coach about those things. But then I would open up the back after practice and kind of write my practice. Like, how can I become a better coach? And what would, you know, and then obviously that was back in the old days when it was all copies. And I put it in my three ring binder and kept it forever. I still have all that stuff. And the best thing from a personal perspective with the journaling is um, I had actually someone on the podcast mention this. Randy Doss said he takes his notebook or whatever he's journaling in and puts it on his pillow. Oh, wow. So at night, you know, you can't get in bed without at least touching it. Yeah. And so there's a, more of a shot that you may write in it if you've touched it. So dive in. I, I said a hundred things there, but dive in a little bit. Is is it coaches that, that we have such a hard time being reflective? Yeah, I think. I think a lot of it is, you know, as coaches where our brains are kind of wired to always look to the next thing, right? Like we're just constantly looking you know, whether it's professionally, career-wise, whether it's recruiting, whether it's game planning or, you know, we're like our brains are just kind of wired into that next phase of whatever it is. And I think it's hard, especially in season, um, but I, I honestly even out of season because you're always recruiting, um, especially at the collegiate level. Uh, but I think, you know, taking that time to look back is just it's so important for your development and, and really just like even like reaffirming things that you had, right. Like there's a lot of things, you know, again, like, you know, I was an assistant coach for a long time and then I was a head coach for three years and then I've been back as an assistant. And so there's things for me where, you know, I'm still trying to, you know, like you, I, I would write down and I kept a pen in my pocket and my practice plan, you know, on my, on my hip and in practice, like there's things I'm writing down, like that I see that, you know, we're not going to talk about with the head coach right in the middle of practice, but, you know, to bring up later, but I, you know, I'm trying to train my mind to be able to see the things that I would like to see as if I was a head coach again. And to be able to bring the ideas to our program. And so, you know, being able to go back and look at some of those ideas, you know, over the course, like I was like, oh, maybe I saw this, you know, three weeks ago and it came up, you know, as we're talking and I'm going back and I was like, oh, I did see that. Like I did, you know, okay, that, you know, I, you know, I feel good about that. I was able to, you know, notice that, you know, maybe we can, could have corrected that or whatnot. And, you know, I just, I think there's just so many benefits to it. And, and emotionally, like I, it was also interesting to kind of, I could tell in my writing the days where I, you know, 
like was a little bit more emotionally spent versus days where I probably had more energy, you know, again, it was a long season for everybody. And I just think those are things we really have to be cognizant of and, you know, and aware of ourselves. And the more we can do that, the better, you know, the better coaches we're going to be and the better able we're going to be able to show up for our players and our program and our, you know, coworkers. We know as educators, if we're writing it down, the ability to retain it, that percentage elevates. And that's part of why we, I, I have our kids keep a journal and say after practice, especially the young ones, write in what you learned, review it before you come upstairs tomorrow so that we can make a new mistake. Right. So I just want to challenge coaches specifically, but truly anyone listening that is in a high intensity, high performance job, that the ability to write those things down, you'll make new mistakes. When you're not writing it down and you're not learning from it, you tend to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Uh, thus, eventually, it's going to catch up to you. And you know when everybody wants to journal is when they're in adversity and they're having a really hard time. Right. Journal before the adversity, you know, and then maybe the adversity is pushed down a, a little bit longer. Okay. All right. I've, I've gone on and on and on about journaling. The point now, is, is that Finch and I agree that we should all be journaling. Okay. <laughs> So let's jump on um, to something really important, which is the hot seat at two feet in coaching. So tell us this, coach, what has been your greatest faith over fear moment? Going to Denmark. Absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, I was, I was speaking with a colleague probably about a year after my experience coaching in Denmark and he put it beautifully. Um, he said, you were willing to take a risk on yourself as a coach. And I, you know, I didn't think about it at the time. I just wanted to be a head coach and that was my pathway. <laughs> um, and so I, I did it and it was the best decision I could have made. But I mean, I, I, sh you know, I had, I was coaching college and I had the chance to go and I showed up on August 1st in this tiny town off the coast of Denmark. And eight days later, I had my first game with FIBA rules, which to be honest, I did not know all of them at the time. <laughs> um, I had never seen my team play. I didn't, you know, we had new players that were new to the club, didn't know anything about the league and, you know, just got thrown into the fire. And I just had to, you know, I had, and I'd never been a head coach and, yeah, you know, I had to, I did, I had to, you know, fake it till I made it and, you know, really took a chance on myself that I was, you know, I could do it. And it was the best decision professionally that I could have made. And also personally, like living in a different culture is absolutely amazing. Um, I didn't speak Danish. I don't speak Danish. I still don't. Um, but it was just, it was absolutely amazing um, in every, in every possible way. And I'm so thankful that I, that I took a chance and I, you know, I went for it and, you know, I had to believe that it was gonna, it was gonna, you know, make me better and work out and be a good experience. And it was. So being a head coach for the first time, what was the greatest challenge or like, what was like the worst thing? Like, what did you screw up on? Like the, the worst? Oh, <laughs> I, Honestly, I think 
initially it was really hard for me to to balance my personality which i'm pretty calm i'm pretty laid back um i really try i really do try to empower the players but at the same time i had to really understand that at the end of the day i was still i was still the boss like i was still the ceo i had to make the hard decisions you know specifically in europe it's more it's mostly about playing time and structure and that kind of thing and that was you know and then not only that but the conversations around that you know i had to have there were players that were unhappy i mean i had a professional player who was she was from another country she wasn't one of my americans but i was playing a 16 year old danish kid ahead of her because i thought she was more talented and i thought she fit what we needed better and that was a really i mean that was a kind of bold decision you know but i thought it was best for our team and our success and i thought she had earned it and and i had to have that conversation and i think you know as a first time head coach having those hard conversations when you haven't practiced or been the one doing it is really difficult um you know and to be honest at that time i wasn't but you know four or five years older than her um, because she had been a professional, you know, in Europe for many years. And so I, I think that was definitely, and I, and I don't know if I handled it well, <laughs> you know, I did my best, but I, you know, in, in, in retrospect, I probably, probably could have handled it better and differently. Um, but I think that was probably the most challenging thing for me. All right, let's put you in an elevator at your most favorite hotel. And when you get on the elevator, you hit the button to the 34th floor. And as the elevator doors start to close, the person comes in. And that person needs you that day. In less than the ride up to the 34th floor, describe your accomplishments, impact, and generally encourage them for the rest of their day. So I'm going to start with my why. Like, why do I do this? And that's because I did not have a good college experience. Um, I, you know, I spent my senior year going home in tears and i promised myself in that moment that i wouldn't you know as a coach like i didn't want anybody to have that experience and i wanted to make sure that you know players that i was able to you know work with would not have any regrets and so that's how that's shaped my entire coaching career is my whole purpose is to be compassionate to empower the people that i work with and the players that i have the opportunity to coach and you know that's what i've tried to do every every single day that i've been coaching for almost two decades as you reminded me um and so that's you know again that's kind of where my accomplishments in the same way like the speaking engagements the books the you know i try to i want to be that role model i want to be that person you know that steps outside of my comfort zone that pushes myself you know that challenges that walks what i talk and so that's where you know, I've, you know, put myself out there with everything and I want to share and I want to learn and I want to continue to grow as well. And, you know, I, I love what I do and I'm thankful that I get to do it every single day, but that's my why and that shapes everything I do and what I've been really lucky to accomplish. All right. I love that. Let's tell some stories. Old okay. self, I, love new stories. Self. I know. Old self, new self, and you're a great storyteller. So give us your um, younger subversion relative to current day? Ooh, so 
so many ways. <laughs> um, my my younger self version did not enjoy the moment. Um, very type A. I'm still a lot type A, but um, you know, I was always, what's the next thing? You know, I had to, you know, as you might like, I I had to work my way up. I was a JUCO assistant. I was a NAI assistant, then a D2 assistant, then a D1 assistant, then back to a JUCO assistant. And, you know, I was always just kind of climbing and climbing and climbing and putting my head down and just working. And not that that's a bad thing, but I think I missed out on a lot of really good opportunities to, you know, learn, not learn from other people, engage with other people. Um, you know, just, I think I could have had better, more experiences. Um, you know, but I was just trying to, I was just trying to get to the next level. And, and now I definitely realize how important staying in the moment is and really embracing the opportunity to, you know, learn from others, share others, talk about stories. Um, maybe it's because I have so many stories now that I value it a lot more, but I, you know, I just, I really, I definitely feel like, you know, the, the older I get, the wiser I get. That's definitely true. <laughs> okay. What lessons did you learn the hard way that you would love our listeners to take from you and say, Hey, listen, learn from coach Finch's experience. Um, well, I think that the first one is what I just kind of talked about, like really embrace the moment. Um, and the opportunity and everything, like not just professionally where you are, but, you know, I lived in Salt Lake City and I never got to, I never went to Mount Zion National Park. And I know, I know it's terrible and I regret it. And, you know, like, but I was, I was head down, you know, kind of next thing. And so I, you know, again, per, not, not just professionally, but personally, like take, take advantage of the opportunities of where you are and who you're with. Um, and then I think the other thing is really understanding how important, you know, people use the word networking, but I just think relationships, like really understanding how important people are and, you know, listening when people talk and, you know, staying in contact with people. You know, I, I, I work very hard at that. And I, and I like to think I'm pretty good at it, but you know, I, it's important to me and I, and I like people, I just genuinely like people. So I think if, you know, you can understand that earlier and just realize how, how valuable that is, then I think that's huge in our, in, in life in general. So I'll bring up a, a lot of people when I ask like old self, new self, and, and kind of get into that, they say the exact same thing, type A's like us and, um, we did head down. We're fast tracking. That's the only thing that's important to us. And I do think to accomplish big things, there, there needs to be a level of singular focus. So I would argue that had you not said head down, you would have accomplished the things that you've already accomplished in this 20 year career. At the same time, how do we explain to a young person that's about to embark on what we've just done that, you do have to work very, very hard and you do have to be really, really focused. But at the same time, every once in a while, it's OK to go over here and do that or go over here and handle that, that that's healthy. Would that be more of a way? Could you explain that more? No, you know, you know what? You're right. That's an actual, that's a great point, um, because I 
I do, I do value hard work. <laughs> you know, I do value, you know, the, the fact that I did have to, you know, scrape and claw and grind it out, you know, as people would say, and to get to where I am and to, you know, have accomplished the things that I've been able to do. But I, I do think we have to try to instill maybe at a little bit younger age. Yeah. That there's a, there's a, there's a place for balance and there's an opportunity for balance and, and maybe just a little bit more of, you know, I know people say use the term showing up every day and in order to be able to really show up and give everything every day, there has to be some boundaries that we, you know, that we put around, you know, our time and our energy, um, you know, in pockets where, where we can, you know, and obviously in coaching and, you know, professional, you know, professional world, like you have to find those pockets. They're hard to find sometimes, but I do think that we have to, you know, understand that there's value in that as well to be able to show up as much as we want and as hard as we do every single day. And okay, just maybe to begin, quick stop questions, okay. uh, rapid fire time. Lock in and let's sure. go. Coach, give us your best quotable. Ooh, um, I would say life begins when you step outside of your comfort zone. Book recommendation of the decade. Ooh, of the decade. So I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, the Power of One by mm -hmm. Bryce Courtney. Um, fantastic. There's actually, it's a series, and there's another one in a series called Tandia. Um, but it's, it's a fiction novel, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Podcast or video to expand our listeners' thinking? Ooh, I listen to so many besides this one. Um, I, I really like the talent equation, um, mm -hmm. with, uh, Stuart Armstrong. It's, it has, you know, all different sports and different, you know, sports psychology, different areas of sports. And it, it's really, it's great. Key to habit stacking or creating a routine that works. Ooh. Um, I, I putting it in front of you. <laughs> You know, the, the example you gave as far as, you know, putting a journal on your bed, putting whatever, you know, that habit you want to create, making it at the forefront of your day is at least the right step, step in the right direction. You get one phone call to whom and why? Any time, like any person, any living or past. Absolutely. I'm going to go. Um, with RGB, Ruth, Gator Bin, Gin, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like, I just, I think she was a miraculous woman in every sense of the word. <laughs> no question. Okay, coach, give us your final thoughts. Tell our viewers what's up with you and give us your final takeaways. Oh, you know, I do what you love. That's, you know, that's, that's going to be my advice. And I, you know, I just... Uh, what's new with me? I'm trying to live what I just talked about. I'm trying to stay in the moment. Um, it's, it's still a very much a work in progress for me. You know, I, I, I always am a forward looking person. I'm a planner. And so, you know, obviously like we said, type a driven, but you know, stay in the moment. I think I accomplish more when I stay in the moment. I think I show up better when I do that. 
So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm working on some side projects, you know, personal, like I want to kind of dive deeper into, you know, like feedback. It's a kind of a passion of mine within the coaching area. And um, also the mental health aspect. I'm trying to learn from a lot of other coaches on, you know, things we can do better to support our athletes in that realm. So those are just some personal projects. <laughs> I love it. Thanks to our guest and friend, Coach Brianna Finch, for being part of the Two Feet In experience, reminding us, take a chance and go for it. Stay in the moment and learn and share with others. To learn more about Coach or to reach her directly, please visit the show notes. That's been Coach Brianna Finch on season two of Two Feet In the podcast, where inspiring women are focused on empowering other women. Thanks to all of our guests and our sponsors for locking in with the Two Feet In experience. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. KJ is going to cut us off. <laughs> or we're just going to stare at each other. He'll, he'll edit this. We'll give him more things to edit to get this working. But thank you so much for doing this. Oh, no, absolutely. It was awesome. Was great. This was super great. I really, really appreciate it. Good. I'm glad. I No, I enjoy it. I I think it's awesome. I, you, you do so much. I am in awe. <laughs> I don't hardly do anything. This is my life slow down. <laughs> No, like between this and your rising coaches and then you're actually coaching. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a team. We're two games below 500, but I do have a team. Um, we are right we'll, be a little bit, we'll be a little bit better. Last year we played with 47 practices, 15 games, and we were terrible. Um, but I'm thinking, well, we, everybody's back and everybody kept their year of eligibility. So we should be much, much better. Yeah. But I want to be a better coach for them. I don't think we have elite talent, so I want to I want to be better for them. And that's part of this lunch and learn stuff that I'm setting yeah. up. Yeah. So awesome. bring all your best transition offense and defense ideas. Okay. I maybe a European player. Maybe some European player to it or not. Yeah, we can. I, yeah, I'll def. I'm gonna start going through my notes. It's funny you were talking about the binders, and I have a, three stacks of binders right here oh. on my desk. <laughs> Me too, because we're old. When me and you both, I, I could say the same. I, I like to say 20 years because two decades seems like a lot. So, but I've been doing it 20 years too. It's crazy. It's on paper to, you know, yeah, it's awful. It's terribly awful. No, I was, it was funny. I was catching up with a colleague, my the very first boss I ever worked for. And uh, there's only two people that I've worked for in this profession that are still in the profession, which is yeah. easy to me. So I know I like to think that's a victory in and of itself that we're still doing it for two decades. It is a victory because most people aren't able to sustain this level of stress and pressure and criticism. And, and no, it is a huge accomplishment. It's a huge accomplishment. Okay. I'm looking forward to Wednesday. Likewise. Okay. Bye. I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link as it gets closer. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks so much. Tell everybody up there, I said, hey. Will do. Bye. Okay, bye.